Please be seated. I had a teacher who liked to say, when things are going well, watch out. He was aware that the reality in which we live is changing all the time and that God will often seek to stir things up when we become too sure of ourselves, too satisfied, too confident. I'm sure that uh, many, if not all of you, have at one time or another had an experience that you have described as being like having the rug pulled out from under your feet or having the wind knocked out of you or perhaps hitting bottom. I'm talking about those times when every, we know with every fiber of our being that life can and will never be the same again. I'm talking about those times when something about who we are and how we understand our place in the world has changed forever. It's at such times that we can learn again or perhaps discover for the first time or perhaps remember that the only real rock on which we can build is the living God, and everything else will ultimately prove itself a foundation of shifting sand. It sounds counterintuitive, as we all know how elusive and ephemeral our experience of God can be, but it turns out to be true. The rock on which we can build is only the rock of the love that brings universes into being and brings us into being with it. There are any number of sandy foundations on which we build all the time, but the trickiest of these have to do with our beliefs, sometimes our most cherished beliefs, beliefs about God, beliefs about ourselves, beliefs about our relationships. When we find ourselves in a place where the rug has been pulled out from under our feet, very often what will get reconstructed are our beliefs about God or our beliefs about ourselves. I remember one time uh, when my whole world changed. Uh, I was an undergraduate and I had a teacher who was trying to introduce what he called a theological theory of relativity. He was following Einstein and talking about the nature of reality and how it is perceived and how we construct it by our stories and our language. And I said, whoa, wait just a minute, because if I understand what you're saying, then what happens to truth? I had an idea that truth was this immutable thing. I had a belief that truth was a thing that we could discover and name, and it wasn't going to change, and all we had to do once we had named it and oriented our lives around it was, was, was live by it, and we would be home free. So the gospel was part of truth. We knew what it was. We simply had to say it, and that sorted it all out. And then it was a matter of people getting it or not getting it. And my professor was saying something, no, that's not quite how God works. It's a great deal more complex uh, than that. It's, it's truth is something that emerges in relationship, perhaps, and many other things he said about it. And I knew that this rock, this foundation that I was calling truth or reality or God's plan was much more mysterious than I'd imagined, almost one of those oh-no moments in my life when I knew that nothing would be the same Again, as I look back, actually, at that time and that change, I think that shift was what ultimately allowed me to make a move away from uh, evangelicism, which was not, not good for me at that time in my life, 
and into a much more, what was became for me, a much more graceful way of perceiving and understanding and experiencing God. It's a transition that many of my friends from those days were unable to make. Some of them are hanging on for dear life to their beliefs and are getting involved in doctrinal fights in the church, and others have let their beliefs be confused with the foundation that is God, and they have rejected those beliefs and so rejected faith rather than discovering uh, that their beliefs were what was messing them up in a way, rather than building their life on the only foundation, which is the living God. A similar but more recent experience of having the wind knocked out or perhaps hitting bottom was four years ago. I remember it was summer. Uh, and I, at that, you know, up to that time, I thought of myself as pretty good at what I do, reasonably competent, fairly together, not socially dreadful. I could use a knife and fork, not grossly unattractive. Um, uh, you get the picture. I was, I was not pleased with myself exactly, but I felt okay about my place in the world. And then um, I learned that a friend of mine, a dear friend and a contemporary, had been found dead in his New York apartment. Now, I was not unfamiliar with death, even the death of people I love, but something about this one brought everything crashing down for me. It, it, was, it was as though I didn't know who I was. It wasn't just the loss of my friend, of course, although that was a big piece of my grief. It was all kinds of endings. It was the ending of my image of myself, in a way, the ending uh, of a marriage, the ending of a sense that life had been golden, the ending of a sense that all was basically well with the world. And it was a great deal of, of loss involved, and some of these endings had been underway for some time, but I think Jonathan's death marked a real low point, a kind of hitting bottom for me, and I knew that I was going to have to rebuild everything and that it would take a long, long time um, my own image of myself had served pretty well. You know, when life is good and you're confident, you can do things you can't do when you're not confident. Uh, if any of you have ever had to search for a job after losing a job, it's really hard to be at your best when you're at your worst. It's, it's a very tricky thing. So sometimes confidence works, but I knew that I was going to have to build on a new foundation. And that foundation needed to be a rock. And that rock is the living God. And so the foundation becomes, for me, the same as it is for every one of you, and that is that we are all beloved children of God. And in the end, that's the only thing that matters. In the end, that's the only foundation on what we can build. It's, it's a real discovery that we make at various points in our lives and new points in our lives and remember in our lives that, that we are forgiven and that we are loved and that we can taste and experience the freedom that we are promised because we put our foundation and our trust in the living God and not in our beliefs about God and not in our beliefs about ourselves, but in the reality that is the living God revealed most fully in Jesus' life and teaching, whom we sometimes speak of as the Holy Spirit. So as Jesus comes to the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom. Not everyone who is sure of their beliefs and knows what's what and will proclaim reality as they see it. Not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. 
but only the one who lives by love, who lives for love, only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Jesus goes on to say that those who hear his words and act on them is like the person who builds his house on a rock. Brothers and sisters, in a time of silence for prayer, I invite you to remember or to resolve again that you will build your house on the rock that is God, that you remember that you are a beloved child of God and resolve to hear and act on the words of Jesus walking in love as God loves us. Let us respond to the gospel in silence and in prayer.